You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. Welcome, Hoosier fans, to another victorious episode of the Assembly Call as today your Indiana Hoosiers defeated Marion by the score of 94-61 in their second and final exhibition game of the season leading into Tuesday night's home opener against Florida Gulf Coast. Uh, Indiana got off to a really good start. Uh, They were locked in defensively. Uh, It took a little while to get going offensively, uh, but then they found the rhythm. I thought Indiana ran some really nice sets but they were really effective in transition this evening as they got out, uh, created some turnovers, and then stretched the lead out by the 12 or 13-minute mark of the first half and, and really put a lot of distance between them and Marion. And then about the 8-minute or eight minute mark or so, it got a little loose defensively in rebounding, and, and it was uh, 49-35 at half. But then they held Marion down for the first 10 minutes of the second half and continued to score uh, the, the basketball at a clip. Uh, to give them the final margin of 94-61. to 61. I thought overall the effort, uh, the scheme, much better tonight in exhibition number two than it was in uh, the first exhibition game. That's what you want. You always get better uh, from game to game. And I think it just puts Indiana in a good position to start out uh, the, the opening game here on Tuesday. I'm your host, uh, the coach, Brian Tonsone. I'm here with Ryan Phillips and Andy Bottoms. We'll break it down for you on this edition of the Assembly Call IU postgame show, which is dedicated to the memory of Coach Knight. So let's start the show the way we start every show, and that is with our banner moment. Three-point shooting. Banner moment. Uh, after, after the first exhibition, there was a lot of discussion about three-point shots, and Coach Woodson was asked, and he, he gave an interesting answer about the three-point shot. And tonight, I thought your Indiana Hoosiers took – Really good shots for the most part. Maybe one or two threes were a little rushed. Caleb Banks was hunting that three ball late in the second half. But I thought Indiana used it well. And the point I made in our um, community chat was they only took uh, so many threes. and They were uh, four of seven from three in the first half, which isn't high volume, which a lot of people have been calling for. But they all were good shots in rhythm. And the transition game was working. And so the transition game working, you're not going to get a lot of threes if you get a lot of shots at the rim. So we got to keep that in mind when you talk about the volume of three-point shots. I thought it was appropriate for tonight's game. I thought there were a couple late ones that uh, I would have tried to maybe make a couple more passes before settling for that. But here's the thing. Where's a three-point shot going to come from? It might come from our front line. Uh, our, our starting guards and, and C.J. Gunn, didn't hit a high number of them, but Malik Renew, awesome. And I'll tell you what, the the second banner moment or the the icing on this banner moment was when they ran a little floppy action and Mbako came out from under the rim, caught at the three-point line, heel, toe, toe, and shot uh, the ball. It wasn't an inside-out three. It was a, a three designed off of a off of a down screen. They had a post-up available as well. But Mbako uh, also, the transition threes were there tonight. So three-point shooting. That's the banner moment uh, for me this evening as your Indiana Hoosiers won their second uh, game. Our banner moment today. Got so excited about the three, I jumped the ad music. Our banner moment today, as always, is brought to you by our friends at Homefield Apparel. 
They're in the seventh season of sponsoring the Assembly Call and they're third as a presenting sponsor for the Back Home Network. Homefield has the largest collection of vintage IU apparel that you will find anywhere. And since IU is their flagship school, you know more high-quality gear with unique IU logos from the past is always right around the corner. Some nice hats just came out, by the way. Uh, snapback hats. Uh, but it's not just IU. Homefield's product line extends to well over 150 colleges and universities, Colts, their core collection, and much more. Uh, I just got noticed that another shipment is heading my way. Uh, birthday gifts that I... Shocker. Made my mother uh, buy me. Um, but no matter what you buy, you'll know it'll be comfortable and the colors will last. Uh, you're supporting the Indiana-based company that came up through the Kelly School of Business and isn't shy about showing its love for the Hoosiers. So go to homefieldapparel.com. Use our promo code HOME23 to get 15% off your entire order. That's promo code HOME23 for 15% off. Once again, the website is homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. Okay, now it's time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening shots from uh, the rest of our team. Andy, what's your bottom line on uh, tonight's exhibition win for the Hoosiers? Yeah, it was, uh, I think, a more well-rounded performance than what we what we saw in the first game. I think, um, you know, in stretches that mattered, uh, what they were doing offensively was, was pretty crisp. And uh, you look at guard play, uh, a wise person once told me that it's a guards game, and it wasn't a guards scoring game uh, tonight, but uh, the trio of Xavier Johnson, Trey Galloway, and Gabe Cups combined for uh, 19 assists and zero turnovers. Uh, in a game where IU had 25 or 25 assists on 32 made baskets. And I think, you know, whether intentional or not, I think this is a game that those guys, uh, with the exception of cups, but like, as you know, Trey and X, we can probably think, yeah, it'd be great to see them score a little bit more. But to me, this is a game where those guys are trying to get other people involved, ramped up, getting some confidence, uh, and really taking advantage uh, of where IU, um, w- had, you know, had the had the biggest advantage, and that was on the front line. Uh, I thought to your point on the the three point shooting, there was a couple that X passed up that later led to a three for somebody else. Um, again, I think in quote unquote real games, you probably want him to take that shot, but it felt like those guys made a concerted effort to get other guys going tonight. I think that's a great sign from a chemistry standpoint a leadership standpoint if nothing else so uh was really impressed with those guys and and obviously uh you don't get assists if guys are knocking down shots so um you know credit to the to the bigs uh for being able to score in a variety of ways there but uh really thought it was a solid and, and i know we'll talk about the defense later but you know again i kind of felt like when it mattered and when they really wanted to turn things on uh, the defense could be could be dominant they did a lot of switching uh which was interesting and felt like a different wrinkle than what we've seen uh, before, but you know, beginning of the second half, forced two uh, shot clock violations in the first handful of possessions, and uh, really kind of it, it seemed like the message in the locker room was to kind of come out, take things away, and uh, and was impressed how they were able to do that. So I think lots of positives on both ends of the floor. You know, certainly the size of the competition, different things like that. There were some uh, nuances there that that I'm sure we'll discuss. But I thought overall come away from this game feeling a little bit better and you saw them build on things and improve from game one to game two uh which i think is a positive and, and for a group that you expect to continue to improve a lot uh from game one to game 30 over the course of the season i think it's uh it's, a, it's at least a positive sign for based on what we saw tonight uh ryan phillips what's your uh, rant on this evening's uh, exhibition victory 
Yeah, I mean, some good and some bad, I think. Uh, I, I thought, you know, they handled the competition. That, I mean, there's an NAIA team, I think, much worse competition than than you saw in the last one. But it is an exhibition, so you're out there working on things. So some good and some bad. I think they gave up way too many rebounds. Um, but I do think the second half was a much better version of Indiana. And I think that there was about a five-minute stretch at the end where it was kind of like, all right, this is over. Let's kind of limp to the finish. So some of those things are a little convoluted. Um, what I would say is Kalel Ware started very slowly in this game. It did not look like, did not look comfortable in the offense, did not look comfortable when he was rolling to the hoop or whatever. He came out in the second half was a different player. And if we can, if you can somehow get him to start that way, I think Indiana is going to be very happy with the player they got in the transfer portal. Um, he's just so talented and he's so big that I think that it's almost like he doesn't realize how easy this game can be for him. And you started seeing that click in the second half. And you're just hoping that's not something he has to relearn every game based on the opponent. But the thing I took away from this was, you know, coach, we, we've both discussed this and, and kind of got a lot of negative feedback, but Mackenzie and Baca was the best player on this team. And, and I don't mean, and, and, and I texted you guys, I don't mean he's going to be the MVP. I don't mean he's going to be the guy who maybe has the best stats or whatever. Watching that kid play is a lot of fun because his basketball IQ is ridiculous. His talent level is ridiculous. He makes things look so easy. I mean, he's five of eight, three of four from three, two of two from the free throw line. Like he just kind of, it's almost like he floats. Like he just knows where to be. He knows what to do. He's always in the right spot. And then he's not forcing the action when he gets it in a good place. He does something with it. And I think that there were a couple of times he drove tonight and didn't get a call that he'll definitely get during the season. I think, I think relative to the competition, the officials didn't want to blow the whistle every single time there was a foul. And so I think that a couple of the, the, the drives he had, he probably got fouled on, but they weren't going to call it. He's just such a good player. And there's a reason why he was a top 10 recruit, a reason why he's a projected lottery pick. Enjoy watching him play basketball folks. Cause we're two games in and he had 15 tonight. It was a quiet 15. I mean, quite frankly, uh, he is just very, just an incredibly good basketball player, incredibly talented and a lot of fun to watch. As we have discussed, uh, we, we did a segment in one show about what to watch for in exhibition games. Uh, you know, we're going to say over and over again, it was an exhibition game and, and the quality of competition and all that. But you look for some trends, and the trends from game one to for game sure. two were, were a lot better on both uh, offense and defensive ends and with both Ware and Mbako, uh, as you mentioned. But let's dive into uh, some of the bigger storylines from today's game. But before we do, just a quick reminder to make sure you sign up for our free IU Hoops email newsletter. It comes out every Sunday, even in the off season. We'll email you a countdown of the most important IU basketball stories and news updates from the previous week. And premium subscribers get access to Tony Andrania's IU Film Room. Uh, that's why over 10,000 of your fellow IU fans have subscribed. If you're interested, uh, which you should be, join for free today at assemblycall.substack.com. That's assemblycall.substack.com. So I'm going to go back, um, uh, throw this back to you guys and, and, and take it where you want to go. But uh, two storylines I'd like to talk about. First is uh, Mackenzie Mbako, and one of the things I thought really well is he let the game come to him today. You know, he didn't Both get games. shots early, he but he was he was okay defensively. He wasn't great, uh, and, and there was a time when um, Woodson really got into him. You know, I think seven minute mark, six minute mark of the first half or something. If you could read lips, uh, you know there was some some uh, language. That Coach Knight would love to uh, uh, have heard uh, about his closeout, uh, which gave up a three uh, when Marion started to make a, a run to make it a 14-point game. 
But I like that. Within the game, he got better. And like you said, Mbako is just smooth. He loves that corner three. I love his confidence in shooting the three in transition uh, and in the offense. But I, I love it, too, when he's got a long way to go to be a good basketball player defensively. But he didn't let it bother him. Uh, and, and then he made some nice plays in the second half. So your guys' thoughts on, on Mbako. Uh, I know, Ryan, you talked a little bit about him, but if you want to go more in-depth um, about, about his game. Go ahead, Andy. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, you see what you can get with him from a floor spacing standpoint. Um, and, and there's been so much talk about shooting uh, with this group. But there was a play, I think it was early, uh, somewhat early second half. You got a ball screen on the wing with Galloway and where the defense kind of collapses as they're trying to figure out, you know, take away the the role. And Galloway just diagonal pass right to Mbako in the corner without hesitation, shoots it, drains it. I, I think those are... Uh, and he, and he's going to be a guy who can score in those ways, but also did some things off the dribble. Um, and like you said, coach, I, I thought he didn't force things offensively and the defensive stuff. I, I don't think it's, um, it, it's not lack of effort. I, I right. think it's just a little bit. And you see that it's in some ways, obviously talent level is not what you're going to see other places, but this was a team that was really small in Marion and I don't know if that's why they switch or they're trying to put guys in diff more difficult situations to be able to handle those things as they see them uh, later on down the line. But I do think, I mean, he obviously, if, if the lineup works like it seems to be at least to start games, he's going to have to get comfortable guarding smaller guys and moving his feet and 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 find a way to effectively use the length that he has without reaching and and, and those kinds of things. And so I thought it was – you know, I think you got a kid who seems to have, as Ryan said earlier, a high basketball IQ, um, is willing to put forth the effort. So I think it's somebody who is going to make strides defensively um, and just got to get to that understanding of you can't just quite get by on the athleticism in the way that you may have been able to before as you get in, into some of these situations. And he's guarding different kinds of players now than what he would have guarded uh, in high school or even in AAU. And so I think it's a good, you know, learning curve for him. Um, but like I said, it, you certainly would, you feel good because he's not making mistakes out of lack of effort. It's just things that seem correctable uh, on the defensive end and and the potential on the offensive side of things uh, to be able to score in, you know, at, at all levels uh, is something that it's uh, it's very easy to get excited about. Ryan, do you think the defensive end is the hardest for high-end talent uh, to get used to uh, when they transition from AAU high school to uh, major college basketball? Always. Undeniable that that's the case because, you know, these guys are taught and they're trained to showcase offensively because the, the philosophy tends to be you can teach defense or at least teach serviceable defense. There's going to be guys who are just great defenders. Naturally, uh, Victor Oladipo comes to mind. Like he entered college as a really good defender. Um, but offense takes longer to develop if guys don't have any basis in that. And so when you're playing AAU, you're playing high school, your coaches may encourage defense, certainly in, in high school, but in AAU ball, you are there to showcase for coaches. And that comes on the offensive end. You go watch an AAU game. They have, Generally, very high scoring, uh, a lot of a lot of offense, a lot of showcase, a lot of showy stuff, and and that's to because you're trying to earn that scholarship. And so I think guys do get so focused. I mean, you know, you play a high school season; it's about thirty something, like what thirty games max. You play AAU. I mean, you're playing over 100, 120, 200 games in a year, 
And, and so that's where your default is, is playing in these offensive heavy games. And so, yeah, learning defense is tough. That's why guy, that's why you default towards more athletic players. Cause yeah. it's easier to teach an athletic player to play defense, easier to teach an athletic guy, how to recover, move his feet, all those things. Uh, so yes, the defensive end is the tougher part for these top end players. And that's completely fine. Um, I think he's I think he's been fine so far. There's going to be mix-ups and that's just being a freshman. Uh you know, no freshman steps on and is perfect. And so there's going to be mix-ups, there's going to be struggles. Uh that's going to happen. But I don't think, you know, his feet aren't in cement. He's moving, he's showing effort, he's trying to get there and his length helps out on the perimeter as well. So he he's already got some tools that help you defend there. Do I think he's going to be defending the opponent's best player? No but he can help you on that end. And his length, as we're already seeing, Indiana's length is going and size is going to bother people. And I think their speed, too, which is an underrated factor of this team. These guys can all run. Uh, Malik Renu, not a blazer. But other than that, look at the guys on the, on the roster. Anthony Walker is shot out of a cannon every time he plays. So I do think with, with those three guys up front, you've got a lot of length, and then you've also got enough speed and transition to do things. Let, let's transition to um, Kalel Ware, a double-double. Again, be careful with numbers and stats and scores, all, all that nice. in these exhibition games. Uh, but he had that. Uh, it, it was it was there. Um, and and he, he lacks a little physicality in the post, and he's really better with the pick and pop, uh, the ISO. They ran a really nice ISO for him where they ran a, the double floppy or the old Michigan State action where the yep. guards went down. Then he was able to go one-on-one. Even his post moves, when he, he did the old Sigma move, he'd catch uh, outside the lane, he'd open up, and then he would attack that way. He's better even in the post facing up. Yeah. Um, but but I thought well, this is a guy who I mean to, he was to locked be fair, in for the most part of yeah. the game, and I know that by when he goes with two hands for the rebound. In the first game, he was going one hand, and he'd let other people get it. Today, I thought he was actively seeking rebounds, which is a good habit going forward. We struggled rebounding tonight anyway, but I thought that showed that he was locked in. Your guys' thoughts on on um, where he was chasing- I thought he had a really good game. He was chasing blocks too, you know, and yeah. and I think that you know against a better opponent that could burn him. Uh, going, you know, focusing solely on blocks. We saw with Trace Jackson Davis in his first two years. He chased blocks and left his guy, you know, left the backside open. Um, but I, I do think that his length is going to discourage shots this year, uh, even more than maybe Trace because Trace was smaller than him. You know, I mean, this is a guy who's, I mean, he looks enormous out there. And I, I would say, I, I think that what I like about him. And I think he's going to get better at this. You're right. He's kind of shy in the post a little bit, uh, uh, you know, as far as physicality goes, because he's not that he's not uh, huge weight wise or strength wise. And so I think he's going to he probably gets pushed around a little bit. Um, but I think when he realizes, oh, I'm this much bigger than everybody, I can make some things happen. That's when that light goes on consistently for him. Life's going to get a lot easier. And, Andy- and because he's he's got the skill to do it, too. You you mentioned before we went on the air that you said uh, I think this is a quote that where is an interesting watch. Um, <laughs> share share your thoughts about why he's an interesting watch to you. Yeah, he's he's kind of an enigma. It feels like uh, yes. it, it just uh, and, and I think you can see through two games like you can see why things might not have worked out well someplace else. Um, you can see why there can be some comments about like is he you know playing hard enough? Is he whatever? And I know. Uh, Ant Wright like just called out one play from the the game the other night and and had that about you know this is a play he's got to finish and 
just not giving the effort. And I think you can see that at times. I think part of it is his stride so long. He just like he doesn't do a lot fast. And I don't know like that he's that, loping. Yeah. Not and I don't know yeah. that that's always the case. But I think um, you look at him in some ways and I see how you could draw that conclusion. Uh, and so you, you look at some of that. But then I really thought um, he showcased a lot of what he can do, being able to step out and make shots, taking somebody off the dribble, um, you know, showed a little bit in the post. You can just tell it's the physicality really on both ends. That is the question mark. Can he get comfortable or more comfortable with that? Um, and being able to, you know, to your point, Ryan, you know, just understand how much bigger than everybody else is. You don't have to fall away. You don't have to, um, to do some of those things. And I think some of that, I feel like came through in the scouting videos, or maybe it was a guy that Jared had on that covered Oregon talked about, he had a really nice, like fall away shot, uh, in the post and and you kind of watch yourself thinking like you're seven foot three. Why are you falling away? Yeah. But you yeah. kind of see it. He doesn't love the contact. And even there was no. a play where he kind of took a second and gathered uh, on a play in the lane. And it was like, you know, he didn't realize either that he had that much time or like you don't have anything to worry about where, where you've got the uh, where you've got the ball. So I some of the quotes from Woodson after the game, they talked about they really been getting on him about being more aggressive offensively and like some of the things they saw in that regard tonight. And I think if that's what they're focusing on with him, I think it's fair to be encouraged by what you saw. And I just think the other thing that you've got to do is figure out how you get him comfortable with the physicality needed to, uh, you know, score in the post, but also to, you know, to be a, you know, a rebounder who's not relying on the fact that you're just bigger than everybody else to go get rebounds, um, positionally being where you need to be and, and not being pushed around on that end. But, uh, I mean, the talent is undeniable when you watch some of the things that he's doing. And so, like I said, you can see every argument that was ever made about him in the off season of like, well, I don't know about his motor, but damn, he's really talented. And here's all the things that he can do that, that other guys, his size cannot do. Um, and so it, it just, over the course of the season, you just got to figure out which guy are you going to see the most of as you go through from game right. to game and even from segments of the game to segments of the game. But, um, you know, through a couple games, it's it's hard not to be excited uh, about it. And from a purely statistical standpoint, again, against a team he's significantly bigger than in 26 minutes, he had 20 points and 11 rebounds. Um it's you know he he's a he's a unique talent and i think that's probably what makes him an interesting watch to go back to uh my initial comments yeah i think I, you know you look at at why he's not so powerful in the post and think this is a guy who probably grew up thinking he was going to be kevin durant you know and 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 probably is a perimeter face up guy based on his pedigree and what he's done now he's playing somewhere you know, where he's going to have to play some straight up post. And that's, I think that's why just watching his highlights, why we all figured renew would be the guy in the post and he would be maybe one of the perimeter guys just because that's what, you know, his game is more attuned to. Um, so when he's in there, yeah, it does look a little, why are you going for finesse instead of power? Uh, but that's probably just what he's always done. He's been more of a face-up guy. And so he's going to have to learn that because even in the NBA at his size, he's going to have to go back to the basket sometimes. Uh, but I think that it would be, you know, a couple times we saw him tonight, especially early with renewing the post, they were in the pick and roll with where, and he just rolled into the post and you, now you got three out two in and it's a crowded post. It's not easy to score out of that. And you saw them the first five minutes kind of struggle to figure out the offense I'd rather have him pop on that and stay out on the perimeter and maybe take somebody off the dribble or, you know, pop for a three or move the ball and keep it going and let Renew be the post guy. So 
we'll see how that all develops. They're all learning to play with each other still. And, and so, and he's learning essentially how to play college basketball again after not playing a whole lot last year. And, yeah. and another, and, and with him, just just real quick, you know, one sequence yeah. in the second half, kind of like early second half, kind of encapsulates it, right? Gets the ball in the post, kind of falls away, misses a shot, then just goes over the top of everybody and gets a rebound within the next, you know, maybe even the offensive rebound uh, or one the next, and then hits like a soft baseline jumper. And it's like, what in the world? Like, <laughs> you know, you just look at it as like, you think, is there anything that he can't do uh, at times? And then you just, I, like I said, if they can get him to be a little bit more physical in the post and get comfortable being able to score at least a little bit there, couple that with the things that he can do from a face-up standpoint, you've got a really, really difficult player for people to guard. Uh, and so, you know, excited to see. Staff seems to feel like they're getting through to him with things they're focusing on uh, in practices and seeing it in games. And I think that was one of the questions with him coming in. So a good early sign. The last storyline here in segment one that I'd like to get your guys' thoughts on is uh, if you agree with me, this team's athleticism, whoa, it is fun to watch. Obviously, Indiana's going to lose some games, have some poor play, but the guys that they're playing can really move on the basketball floor. Uh, you go all the way down to Caleb Banks, who who struggled in some aspects tonight to get his feet wet in his first play of this year defensively, but the, the energy and the length and the athleticism and the speed uh, has, was really exciting today. Your guys' thoughts on, on the athleticism that we're seeing early in the season yeah it you got a lot of different ways you can play and I think tonight was a little bit different because you didn't have spark so you saw a little bit more uh, of some of these smaller lineups where they really once he took renew out rested him a little bit put him back in for wear at the five um, but you saw some of those guys play with with Anthony Walker and with uh, Caleb Banks and a little bit smaller uh, setup I just think the length and what they can do defensively they I wouldn't say they pressed a little bit they really just picked up full court we're really able to cause some havoc there just with ball pressure um, and, and some of the length that they have. And and I tell you, watching a couple of the games last weekend uh, of the, the scrimmages that were that were out there, you look at an Arkansas, um, not bringing that up just because Purdue lost, it, it, you know, and, and Tennessee even playing Michigan State. Well, no, it didn't hurt anybody's feelings, but um, and, and even Tennessee, you know, they were missing some guys, but just like the level of athleticism that some of those sec teams have and not it's not unique to the sec but you kind of look at how the big 10 has struggled in some of these settings and how teams in a league like that are constructed and you can see why you've got more interchangeable pieces you've got more of that length and really wanting to get out and run and i thought you did some really good things in transition and they feel a little bit I, I say that with a team that we've talked about how much they want to play through the post and some of those kinds of things, but really outside of that, from a physical makeup standpoint, they feel a little bit less like a big 10 team than maybe they have in recent years, which is probably a good thing uh, to be honest. And so that's mm-hmm. kind of what Might I take some lumps by. in conference, but, but that's, yeah, you're going to get term. games. And I think that's why it's good to have a guy like sparks in the games when it's going to get super physical. He's a guy that can give you what you need. And so I think they've got some of that, but I, but yeah, I mean, watching some of the guys on the wing, um, they can continue. You know, Mbako, I don't think scoring is a question mark. You can get no. CJ Gunn to, he's certainly shooting it confidently. You can get him to make some more shots. Uh, Caleb Banks was clearly breaking, you know, shaking some rust off in, in stretches tonight, but super active. Um, stepped out. He really a wants threes. to score, by the uh, way. He badly yes. wants to score. Yes. yes. That very much seemed like the case. Uh, scoring gets in the newspaper. 
And I think Walker true. Walker's shown some good things, I think more so than what anybody would have expected from him coming in. So just Offensive a lot of athletic guys that uh, yeah. can can do different things on both ends of the floor. So very exciting from that standpoint, for sure. Andy, you, you bring a good point about the pressure and the pickup points. And even even though we overhelped and flew by some closeouts at times, um, Marion had to work. They, they got worn down, um, you know, they even coming out of the second half. You can wear teams down if you have some depth and you have some length, uh, you know. And then the other thing about being a, a non-Big Ten team, this this quickly reminded me about Michigan State sometimes with their athletes. Yes, they have bigs, but they usually have more athletic bigs than than we've seen the big post-up type play, physical play that you see in the in the Big Ten. It kind of reminds me of of that kind of uh, a mold of a, a team. Ryan, your thoughts on the athleticism as we see this team now for two two exhibition games, we get ready for the the regular season. Um, it's it's been pleasing to me. Your thoughts? Yeah, I, I do love the athletic. I think this is the most athletic team Indiana's had in a really really long time. I mean, just on pure athleticism. Uh, you talk about you know basketball skill, things like that. There have been more talented teams, but physically. I, I just I haven't seen it. I mean, I don't, I'm trying to think back of the last team that was this athletic. I mean, the, their great teams weren't this. You know, the 2016 team wasn't this athletic. The 2013 team wasn't this athletic. I mean, it's it's insane. I mean, they've had a seven foot guy who can run the floor, shoot threes, and 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 jump out of the gym. They've got you know Malik Renew has added four inches to his vertical. Is a lot faster than he was last year. Mbako can do everything. Anthony Walker's a lightning bolt uh caleb banks we were marveling at his athleticism last year it was just trying to contain it so we could you know showcase the basketball skill part of it uh cj gunn looks more athletic than i think anybody thought he would be when he stepped on campus i mean we saw it last year a little bit but i mean he's got trey galloway we've known is very athletic i mean these guys can all run they can all jump they can all you know get down the floor they can all put it in the basket i mean it's it's a very athletic team now and again on pure talent you know, just lining it up on paper. You're like, these guys are really talented. It's a matter of them all putting it all together. But this is a team that could easily get out and transition, score a lot of baskets in transition. It's whether or not they're able to do that against in a big 10 that largely prevents transition baskets. I mean, that's, it's a very conservative conference. As far as that goes, you're not going to get hundred, you know, games that are 95 to to 85. You know, it's a very slowed down, uh, conservative conference when it comes to that kind of thing, but and a lot more difficult be... teams to guard. Yes, and and I th- know, and, and guarding is what well. gets you out, and and guarding is what gets you out in transition. Yeah. You know, it's and and long rebounds and guarding, and uh, I, I do think that that this team has the opportunity to do that. We'll see. Um, I do think if they rely on it too much and they play a Michigan State who shuts that down as well as anybody you're going to run into trouble offensively. You've got to be able to do the other stuff offensively as well in this conference. So, but yeah, athletically, I mean, they're fun to watch. They really are. They're up and down uh, and and they're deep. I mean, the the athleticism runs very deep on this team as well. And, and I'll tell you what, Peyton Sparks looked a heck of a lot more athletic than he did on film last year as well. Uh, You know, and and hopefully get him back within the next few weeks. Uh, That doesn't sound like it's going to be, months it sounds more weeks but but um yeah so i i yeah I, I love what i see from them athletically this is the kind of team that indiana hasn't had in a long time and, and had that pure athleticism yeah and um so we we'd be remiss to, to not mention uh, we did a remembering uh of coach knight um last night uh andy i'd like to get your thoughts at some point tonight uh, for our listeners 
um, maybe uh, you know uh, late, later in the show. But I thought it was a very good effort. I, I thought they really came out focused. I'm sure there was some conversation, yeah. a lot of a lot of different feelings inside and outside the the the, the program probably in in dealing with that loss. Um, but what Indiana did and the patches and and all the stuff I heard that was going on at Assembly Hall. Um, just a, a lot of good things there in remembrance of Bob Knight. But if you missed our show, go back and and find that on, on YouTube or at Substack. Um, I, I thought that was a, a really uh, healthy thing for all of us uh, uh, to go through. But uh, coming up here, as we continue our breakdown of Indiana's win in its exhibition final, we'll point out some meaningful moments you might have missed. Then we'll go inside the numbers and point out some of the most important stats uh, from the game. You're listening to The Assembly Call. Stick with us. Hey, this is Deron Davis. And what's the only thing better than dominating a Duke big man in the post? It's celebrated with friends afterwards. Join Gerard, Andy, Ryan, and Coach on the Assembly Hall call after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosiers. Thanks, Deron. Always brings a smile to our face. Uh, a shame Gerard to- couldn't make it tonight. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Gerard's out camping, though. That's right. You're listening to the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. I'm the host, uh, Brian Tonsoni, here with uh, Andy Bottoms and Ryan Phillips. We're breaking down Indiana's victory, uh, 94-61 over the Marion Knights. It's now time for today's uh, Meaningful Moments that you might have missed. Meaningful Moments that you might have missed. This segment's brought to you by our friends at Hoosier Ticket Project. They help individuals and families experience Indiana University athletic events in person for the first time through the generosity of alumni and fans. To learn more about how you can donate money or extra tickets to help create meaningful moments for other IU fans, visit HoosierTicketProject.org. That's HoosierTicketProject.org. I'm going to point out something um, kind of hard to see when you're not in the, the arena, but there was a time when uh, Mbako really was messing up defensively. I think he stayed too long and didn't switch, and then he was late. Uh, there was a pass back out, and he was late reacting, and then – Coach Woodson takes a timeout, but heading to the timeout huddle, you saw Malik Renew put his arm around and either do some consoling about what was about to happen in the huddle from Coach Woodson, or he was doing some uh, instruct, instruction of how they should have handled that switch. Either way, it's always important when you have one of your better players, a young player still, a sophomore, taking a leadership role. Later in the game, during the timeout, you saw Gabe Cups running uh, a, a huddle at the free throw line during a, a foul shooting situation. There's a coach's kid, a young man, not afraid to stick his nose in there and, and tell his teammates and hold his teammates accountable. You, you see the energy from Anthony Leal, even though sometimes he doesn't get the run that everyone might want him to do or, or he, he would do. He, he's a leader on the bench. Those types of things will help Indiana be the best they can be uh, when you have those that kind of leadership uh, on the floor. And, and I just caught that as the as the TV camera was moving moving away. And those are things that uh, are are not in, in the stats uh, anyway, but they're very 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 important. Fellas, you got uh, any any meaningful moments that uh, you'd like to share? I mean, we talked about but Malik Renew hitting two three pointers is 
enormous <laughs> just for I'm not sure anyone missed it. those though but yeah no. no you're you're right but I mean it's I think just how momentous that is is if he's able to do that and you I you mentioned it off the top it's it's that the guards didn't hit any threes but the the, the big men did and that's again just huge for Indiana and mo- I like that's a monumental thing and uh, if you want something that the people may have overlooked it's Caleb Banks hitting two threes as well we talked about right. last year with his athleticism and size uh, and ability on the defensive end if he can knock down threes that takes him to a new level and he was two of four on the night Andy anything come to mind yeah a couple couple sequences from uh Gabe Cups who uh quickly becoming a, a fan favorite um, but there was one, uh, I think it was his early first half, not, not long after he'd come in, uh, basically got a steal almost immediately after he came in the game uh, and really like, but didn't force the issue on the play, just waited enough, showed patience to wait for CJ Gunn to cut down the middle of the lane, gave it to him for a, uh, for a layup. Another play, not too long after that, he gets in the passing lane, gets the ball to where, where he, and that, this was a case where he got really good position uh you know in the post early and and had an aggressive move for a dunk there uh and then back-to-back lobs in the second half you know one to uh one to wear and uh and one uh to cj gun on the play after that that came off a really good rebound and outlet pass from uh from where so just continue to see a lot of good things from cups certainly the competition is going to step up uh as things go but i think you it's hard not to like what you see from him just from a a leadership standpoint, as you mentioned, coach, but uh, also just a, a, a heady passer and uh, really showed good patience, waiting for things to develop and then finding guys, uh, putting them in position to score. And uh, the assist numbers obviously speak to that as well. His strength and lateral foot speed was surprising to me uh, when he's guarding ball handlers. And I know yet we'll see that when he goes up against Walker at Michigan State and and some of those matchups, if if that is at that the level that is that is needed, but it's still further along than I thought uh, when I when I first saw Gabe Cups. Uh, another moment that uh, that I was able to pick up, Indiana got a little three happy there in the second half, and we're we're taking some threes, and then uh, Jackson um, Jackson Davis. I, I saw that uh, he went to the G League, and I have that uh, in, in my mind. X. Um, he calls the little – when you see him do the dribble, there, there's a couple actions you can try to see. And, and I know if you're listening to the audio podcast, you can't see me on TV. But when you, you see his hand like a dribble motion, that's when they're going to run a little rub cut and want to go inside to the post. And there's another little thing that they do when, they t- when, when the point guard touches their chest, a, another action. And they ran one of those actions. And I think that's just really good coaching there. Okay, the threes are are happening. A couple wild ones. You missed two or three in a row. Now let's go back inside. And I think good programs, good coaches call that. And that I think that came from X. And I saw Woody doing one of the other, and they kind of communicated to each other. And what happened in that? They had a post play called, but then Xavier had a drive, and that's when he banked one in from the the left wing, yeah. I think, and kind of settled Indiana back down after they they took four or five threes. Those are little things I, I, that I like to see. Uh, and if X can understand what's needed within the game, when to push it, when to go in the post, when to run some different actions, that really alleviates um, uh, some of the things Coach Woodson can keep thinking some different things. If you have that coach on the floor like that, and that's what a six-year point guard should do, that was an interesting thing as as well. Um, 
<laughs> Sorry if I'm revealing any any secrets with any of the calls, but I'm guarantee you that that Connor Stallions or someone from Michigan State's going to watch all these films and see. <laughs> got it already. They they already got it. They already, they, got, they, they already got it. But thanks for reminding me. And 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 Michigan State, if you are watching the show, you owe me some money then. Um, all right. Any any other moments uh, you want to bring up before we hit uh, uh, Andy? Yeah, I got one other one other quick one late. Um, I, I think this all happened in the same sequence. The way I, I'm still, you know, it's exhibition season for me taking notes too. So, but uh, on one end, you got massive block from Anthony Walker. I think a lot of this speaks to the athleticism, but I think also speaks to how well the second unit uh, and how active they've been. You know, he just gets a massive block. Uh, try to throw it ahead to CJ Gunn. He loses the ball, but he doesn't give up on the play. Comes right back, steals it back. You know, then he misses a three later in the possession, but Banks goes all out to get an offensive rebound. Just kind of activity level, and those guys played more minutes in this game than they're likely to uh, in most games during the season. But, you know, when we talk about athleticism and some of the spark that you get from those guys, uh, just a series of things where guys not giving up on plays, impacting the game in a lot of different different facets. And uh, I think one of the things that makes you excited, Woodson had some good things to say about the second unit essentially saying they've given him confidence. They've all given him confidence to be able to play them and, uh, and things like that. So I just thought a series of just kind of hustle uh, type plays from those guys, which is exactly what you're going to need from them when they get into games uh, against tougher opponents. Yeah. Um, good, good, good stuff. Next it's time to go inside the numbers. And this year it's brought to us by Jackson Hewitt tax services. If you live in Bloomington or the surrounding areas, and you want your taxes done right, contact our friend and chat mob Hall of Famer Megan Mahaffey and her team in Bloomington, Bedford, and Martinsville by calling 812-339-3334 or by visiting jacksonhewitt.com. Okay, uh, I'm going to th- – I like the no turnovers. Uh, or want- We had two turnovers for the whole game. Again, we go back to that exhibition conversation too, but uh, it's a trend, right? When you have an outstanding 26 to two kind of thing, even playing an NAIA school, I thought Indiana valued the basketball. Uh, and that's going to keep that number around 10 or 11. If you have that kind of attitude, those kind of habits, they're going to keep it down around 10, underneath 10. That's winning formula uh, against better better competition. So I, I thought that was probably the most important number to me as well as the three-point shot. Uh, what number stuck out to, to you guys, Ryan? Uh, how about 21 to 25 from the free throw line? I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, and got got to play to your audience by throwing out the free throw shooting stat early. Yeah. That's good. Uh, less yoga, more free throw shooting, right guys? Uh, nine to 17 from three to 53%. I'd like to see 20 attempts. Um, but, but make it nine to 17 against the team. You're much bigger than are going to get easier baskets against us. That's great. But I would like that. I like that personality for this team. And as Andy mentioned, again, a big one is, is 25 assists on 32 made baskets is huge too. Andy. Uh, yeah. I think you guys brought this up on the, on the post game from the first exhibition, but uh, you know, blocks and steals, nine steals, six blocks, uh, which really led to, uh, in addition to IU's complete lack of turnovers, a 22 nothing disparity on points off of turnovers. And so I think you look at uh, some of that defensive activity level and, and things like that, that really was helpful uh, in doing that. And then fast break points, 27-0. to zero. We talked about how well this team played in transition. Uh, certainly speaks to that a bit as well. And, uh, and, and so I think you know a couple things there that really just – I think underscore some of the athleticism com- conversations that we had earlier. 
uh, and the ability to play in, in transition. I, I thought those things were uh, were big positives for IU. I can I, I think part of it too is everybody on the floor can handle the ball and pass. And I think that leads to transition as right. well because guys can just get a rebound and look up as opposed to have to find the point guard, then we go. Whereas, I mean, the only guy I think that that you know you maybe not trust in the open floor with the ball is where. Uh, other than that, I think everybody I mean, and even he isn't bad. So I do think it's it's a huge benefit that these guys can all move the ball. I think that's a key point in the half court offense as well as transition. Um, the ability for the bigs to throw those back cuts, um, passes to, you know, this is a good passing team so far. If that continues that, you know, 26 assists kind of shows that, uh, uh, that trend. Uh, I think that's, that's extremely important, but boy, isn't it fun to see that rebound and Anthony Walker just peeling out, (laughs) circling back out, turning and going. And, and then the idea of pace tonight was fantastic. I, I thought when they got rebounds and steals, they were looking to go at something that we have talked about for years about, you know, we talk about modern basketball. I thought there was a lot of examples of that tonight. Um, knock on wood, you know, that uh, hopefully uh, that continues. I think one of the concerning numbers is the rebounding. You know, we talked about it all off season. We thought with athleticism and, and, and that with the bigs, that rebounding would be better. It's kind of Odd, when you shoot a lot of three-pointers or you're shooting a lot of deep shots, sometimes there's some long rebounds. And even if you blocked out or were, you know, sometimes those numbers can be skewed a little bit. But I still would like to see that number. I think we only out-rebounded them 36 to 34 on tonight's game. So if you're looking for a number that was uh, a little concerning, I think that would be it. Coach Walsh talked about it coming out. Um, um and, and is it Amanda Foster? Was that the the, the young lady mm-hmm. who is? Yes. What a gr- she asked some really good She's questions great. about meaningful moments. If you miss the halftime, like sometimes you watch these halftime reporters and they don't ask anything worth a darn. I thought she asked some really good questions, but Coach Walsh said there that uh, they they were giving up those two long rebounds. I thought they got it fixed a little bit in the second half, but rebounding uh, numbers uh, was a little bit concerned. All right, coming up. Yeah, on be, assembly- I, oh, I'm sorry. No, you're good. Go ahead. We are going to give out our game balls and our Hoosier Hustle Award. Discuss a lingering question or two and look ahead to Indiana's upcoming opponent. That's all next here on Assembly Call. Stick with us. never listen to the assembly call especially the episodes that ryan is on you're listening to the assembly call iu post game show and yes we're still in exhibition season as i so rudely um cut off my co-host andy bottoms from a a really good point that he was going to make um andy would you like to to follow up on that i mean i expect that from ryan but not you i mean that seems uh but no, I, I, you know, I was going to say I'd be interested to go back and look a little bit. I think, I think the long threes or the threes and long rebounds is an explanation for some of the rebounding issues, but I don't think it's all of it. Um, I, I think sometimes that's easy to look at a team that's that shoots, uh, you know, well more than than half of their shots from three point range, and I, I do think it was a factor on some of them. But I, but I also think it's easy in games like this to basically rely on your athleticism. I'm just going to go get the rebound and, and some of those kinds of things. So. 
you know, I, I think maybe not as much of a red flag as the stats might indicate, but I, I don't think it's nothing um, either. And and even if you look in the, the second half when there were a lot more, you know, they missed more three-pointers. They were just two of 16 from three in the second half. Rebounding was still only, you know, 21 to, to 19 uh, in that half. So, um, you know, they got six offensive rebounds in the second half versus um, – you know, and six in the first. So somewhat evenly distributed, but you know, one of those things, maybe you see something different when you go back and look at it, but. Um, and and but when, when your it. effort on defense and blocking out and rebounding waiver, which it did for about two five minute segments of each half, you'll give up some of that. I think some of that's what you're talking with uh, about. I'm the coach, yep. Brian Tonson. I'm here with Andy Bottoms and Ryan Phillips. We're breaking down Indiana's win over Marion in their final exhibition game by a score of 94 to 61. It's now time for our game balls uh, presented by our friends, Allie and James at Bloom Environmental. As we enter the colder months and begin to stay indoors a bit more, they want to make sure that everyone knows about radon, a colorless, odorless, radioactive gas that is the leading cause of lung cancer in non-smokers. It enters buildings through cracks and gaps in the foundation and through service pipes of homes. Contact Bloom Environmental today and mention Assembly Call for a free radon test kit and mitigation estimate. Learn more at www.bloomenviro.com. All right, Andy, uh, we'll start with you. Uh, who gets your game ball? Uh, I think a few. I mean, I, certainly in a game where you've got a lot of guys with uh, with high point totals, a, a number of guys to pick from. But I think you got to go with Kalel Ware. Just um, you know, led the team in points, led in rebounds, shot the ball well, eight of thirteen from the floor, um, and and so I just thought he had a, a really strong game. Grew into the game a little bit as it went. He even talked about um, playing a little too fast in the in the first in the first half, the first part of the game. Um, but, but certainly a guy who impacted it on both ends of the floor and, uh, really, uh, really strong game from him. So that's my, that's my choice. Ryan, who gets your game ball? Yeah, I'm going to go with where as well. I think there's several really good candidates, but you know, you finish with 20 and 11, he had 15 points in the second half really kind of helped them. I mean, I don't think the game was ever in doubt, but that big run at the beginning of the first half, uh, the second half was a big, was, was a lot uh, on him, but 11, you know, 11 boards, a block in 26 minutes, he was plus 33. Uh, that's a solid night at the office uh, for Khalil Ware. So I'll give it to him, but I, I do think there were a couple guys in the starting line if he could have given it to. I, I think the whole front line could, I'm going to go yeah. with Ware as, as well for all the reasons that you guys said, and we'll make it unanimous. But I, I think the whole front line, I thought Renew got us off uh, to a yep. good start with some threes. Uh, Mbako, we've talked about how smooth he is. And, and, again, shooting some threes in transition and on kickouts. And then, you know, where where just looked a little more locked in uh, for a majority of his time, uh, and, and, despite how interesting to watch he is um, from the Andy Bottoms uh, circle. So it, it goes uh, our game ball tonight. Kalel Ware, congratulations. Uh, you have your first uh, assembly call game ball and now hi this is anthony leo and it's time for the hoosier hustle award but first i have some exciting news to share about our friends at evansville security services they've been acquired they are now part of the team at Security Pro 24-7, which provides trusted and reliable security for your event or business from Bloomington, my hometown, to Evansville, where Coach Calvert Chaney grew up, and everything in between. Just like hustle can't be measured by stats, prevention can't be measured either, but it has a huge impact on your bottom line and peace of mind. 
So let the security pros at Security Pro 24-7 help you prevent a bad outcome today. Visit securitypro247.com to learn more. That's securitypro247.com. And tell them Anthony Leo sent you. All right, it's now time to give out our Hoosier Hustle Award. Ryan, we'll start with you. Anthony Walker, for me, had eight points, but he had six rebounds and assists, two blocks, and they just felt like in the 23 minutes he played, you knew he was on the floor the entire time. And I, and I also think when he came in, he provided a huge lift for Indiana. They were kind of – it was it was never bad, but they were kind of just scuffling a little there for a while at the beginning. He came in. It really energized the team. I have a feeling he's going to get a lot of these this year. He just seems like a really focused, energetic player – that just doesn't stop. And and uh, I, I really love the way he plays. I've been pleasantly surprised. I thought he'd be good, but I, I've been pleasantly surprised by just how good. Andy, who are you going with for Hoosier Hustle Award? Uh, yeah, a lot of good options here uh, as well. Um, I, I was leaning Walker, but I'll give, I'll give a little bit of credit to Malik Renew, actually. There was... Uh, I felt like there were times in the first exhibition game that there were opportunities for guys to get on the floor and they really just didn't. Um, and there was a sequence, I think early in the game, he dove on the floor. Uh, I know everybody's kind of like, okay, please don't hurt yourself to have me on the floor in this game. But, uh, but I thought, I thought he did a little bit of everything, you know, shot the ball. Well, got some solid, you know, five rebounds, a couple assists. Um, I don't know. I just thought he, he was working hard defensively. Uh, to guard guys a lot smaller than he was. So uh, no issue with the Walker pick, but uh, at least give a nod to Renew for how he played tonight. Um, so we got one vote for Walker, one for Renew. I am uh, going to go with Walker as well. The six uh, rebounds uh, solidified it for me. There there was a lot of good play, a lot of good hustle tonight. I, I, I thought their stances, their efforts um, uh, were, were – pretty good for for game two obviously still some need to improve in in those areas but Anthony Walker has really impressed me as as you don't know what these guys look like and now you see him for a couple times he's gonna play uh more than than maybe what a lot of people thought uh, and he'll be there uh, I don't know how how much he'll get when the games uh get to be Kansas and Auburn and and some of those but uh, I think when he goes in he's going to play really really hard so Anthony Walker is two for two uh, in the Hoosier Hustle uh, Award. Uh, and so now, um, before we get to our, our lingering question, I'm, I am going to come back to you now, Andy, um, for a time to share with our listeners uh, your thoughts on the passing of, of, of Bob Knight. You were not able to, uh, to be with us last night on the Remembrance Show. Um, uh, tough news uh, two nights ago. Your, your thoughts. Uh, yeah, I thought I really uh, enjoyed the show. I thought you guys did a good job with that. And I know uh, I would echo the same about Scott and Galen. I thought some of Galen's words at the end of the, the Crimson cast probably summed up uh, things as, as well as anybody uh, in terms of how, you know, synonymous uh, night really became with, with IU basketball over the course of time. Uh, you know, for me, it, it uh, I, I think I would say a lot of the same things that, that you did coach on the show in terms of, um, you know, when I think of Coach Knight, I think of my dad. Uh, that's what, you know, that, that was we, while, um, you know, sitting down to watch the games on Channel 4 and watching the coaches show the, you know, the day after some of the, you know, some of these games and uh, and and some of those things. I, I just, you know, that was my initial thought, like that he, he was, was tied very closely to that and ties back to a time when, um, 
you know, you kind of fell in love with basketball. And, and I also remember when Knight got, uh, Knight got let go, uh, my dad and I were out golfing and we were just kind of having a conversation. I said, you know, it's, it's odd because like, I don't know what Indiana basketball is without Bob Knight. And so we kind of, you know, talked about that a little bit and, and obviously, um, and doing this, you know, stuck with the program, didn't walk away from it by any stretch, but like those two things were, uh, inseparable for me at that point. Cause, cause one had never existed without the other. Uh, and so you, you try to figure those things out and, uh, you know, keep his legacy in, in some kind of perspective as you watch some of these older games. And, and Ryan, you talked about that as well with, you know, during the, the, the COVID year where there was no tournament going back and watching some of those old games. And I watched some others, um, that we didn't talk about on the show just as a, as a way to, to, to look back on, on some of those. And, and so I think from a basketball perspective, you look at the, uh, the tactician that he was, some of the the preparation, and uh, even watching some of the videos that that Tony shared in the in the film room this week, were um, just the way he saw the game was different than what a lot of other people were doing, and it spoke to uh, you know how how well he was able to teach it ultimately uh, to people. And and I like you, coach. You joked about not playing zone. I, I can honestly say I certainly didn't coach at the high school level or anything like that. Never once taught a team that I coached and. 10 years of teaching kids never once taught zone never once thought about teaching someone to play zone none of it so uh feel i I feel good about that in the long run as you uh, as you look at it that way and um so it's been it's been it's been great to hear some of the tributes and some of the stories uh and things like that for somebody who meant who basically built and meant so much to something that we hold uh in really high esteem and that we clearly hold dearly because we're doing this show uh and so uh you know, it's uh, not unexpected, doesn't make it any easier in those situations. Um, but uh, also, given some of the things that you'd heard about how his health had declined and uh, some of those kinds of things, even hearing Pat Knight talk about, you know, when he went back to, uh, you know, we were at that Purdue game, just, you know, would he, you know, how was he going to handle it? What, you know, what state of mind was he uh, really in at that point and, and just having a tough time? So, you, you, you know, feels you can take some solace in the fact that he's at peace now and not dealing with some of those things. Um, I know a handful of, of folks talked about, you know, the impact of, of Alzheimer's and, and things like that and, and kind of what it, uh, what it takes from uh, somebody that you've watched. And uh, so, you know, you can, again, hopefully take a little bit away from uh, knowing that, that there's a piece there that probably hasn't been for a, a little bit, but, um, but yeah, it, it certainly, Certainly, certainly sad has made me reminisce about uh, a number of things, whether that's games or situations that he, uh, you know, reacted to and, and watching some of the videos, watch that, uh, the golf outtakes YouTube video, which yeah. is just like a, 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 a nine to 10 minutes of just pure laughter. Um, and, uh, and that, so, but no, I, I thought you guys had a, brought up a lot of good things. So at least off the, um, you know, off the top of my head, that's kind of been what I thought about. But like I said, more than anything else, it just made me think about my dad. Yeah. You know, I think it's safe to say, guys, uh, there's no assembly call without Bob Knight. And, and it's not yeah. that, you know, we talk about him. It's just what the program became and all that and what it meant to you guys and what he meant to you guys and all of that. Uh, we certainly wouldn't be here. I don't think without all those, you know, the how how close it was to you guys to uh, to have the motivation to do something like this. Andy, the the thing I'm gathering from all the stuff I'm reading, and uh, Iman Brennan wrote, wrote a really nice piece in in his Substack um, that it 
it does remind you of relationships uh, of of the people you attended games with and who you got your start with and and I think there's a lot of Indiana fans that had family members that they were close to that brought them into Indiana basketball because Bob Knight was doing so many things. I think that was just uh, really, really well said. And I really appreciated all of the, uh, our talks yesterday, Ryan, with um, Tony and, and Rick. It was, it was really helpful uh, as you deal with um, how you feel about um, Coach Knight. Uh, so uh, lingering questions. I, I think I'll pose this to you guys. How much of this um, will, you know, go forward into the regular season, which is a schedule that is tougher than any in the three years Coach Woodson has been here. And we'll get a preview of Florida Gulf Coast before we leave, but they beat USC at USC in the opening game last year and had a really good start of the season and have a lot of players coming back. So the lingering question has to be how much of this that we've seen, the good and some of the stuff that Indiana struggled with, uh, carries over and how soon does it get better uh, Ryan your thoughts on where Indiana is just after these two games uh, we'll know a lot on Tuesday I think you know just because the competition level is going to ratchet up quite a bit um, I, I what I'll say about this you know I mean this team has the potential to lose a couple of these games early on just because and not because they're not good not because they're not talented it's just it's hard to to get a bunch of guys who've never played together before on the same page immediately. And I think that we've started to see some better stuff, some better flow to things in these two games. But again, competition level has to be taken into effect. What's going to happen when a legitimate defense gets thrown at these guys offensively, are they still going to be able to do the things that they, uh, that they're trying to do? So it'll be very interesting. Um, I have said, I think that this team, we won't really know what we have until January. I think, you can see the athleticism, you can see the skill, you can see the talent. That's not in question. The question is just how well do they play together and and how quickly can they put it all together? And we don't know. I think that's the beauty of this is that especially this year, more than any other that we've done is we have no idea how this is going to all turn out. Uh, it's a little scary, but at the same time, it's kind of fun that we just don't have uh, a, a, a direct evidence of what this is going to be i think we like what we've seen so far but we'll see how that translates you know when when the games are real i felt a lot better after tonight uh agreed with with, with the way they sure. played offensively uh that it's there it's in the playbook you kind of saw that woodson wants to play differently you kind of saw that tonight i i thought so i think indiana's in a better position than i might have thought they were going to be uh with still we got to see it, right? You and I have been saying that all the time. Jerry gets mad at us for saying we got to see it. We got to see it, but we're going to still say it. Andy, where do you think Indiana uh, sits uh, two two exhibition games deep? Uh, like you, I, I, I feel better after tonight, and um, I think this team is going to struggle in stretches, whether that's in games or parts of games. Uh, I think there's still enough new pieces. I didn't think you saw as many of the just – miscommunication type things as, as you probably saw in the first game. Um, and, and so I think you're, I think you got to go in prepared for that. Now it doesn't mean that you, sh you shouldn't win these games, these first few games, but you are playing to your point coach, a, a different caliber of opponent than uh, they played before. Um, Florida Gulf coast should be one of the better teams in the Atlantic sun. Uh, and then the army game should be relatively easy. Uh, certainly one that'll take on, you know, maybe a little bit interesting meaning after this week. Uh, with that matchup and then Wright State is uh, is really good as well had a um, 
Holden, I think is the guy's last name. I think Tanner Holden is, is, you know, had played at Wright State, transferred to Ohio State last year. Things didn't really work out very well there, and he's back, um, but a talented player uh, for, for them. So I think you're going to have a couple um, beatable but but decent tests early, uh, and I think that's a good thing for this team. I think this team is going to need that to be able to build up a little bit of resolve that they can get through difficult situations together uh, and and some of that mentality in it. Yeah, I think as you as you watch this, I'm curious to see how much of this, you know, kind of first unit, second unit uh, thing that that Woodson really sticks with tonight was a little bit different. You saw a little bit more mixing and matching just because you didn't have sparks and you probably won't uh, for these first couple of games as well. So, you know, just kind of curious to see what the rotations look like and if you see some different lineup combinations. But I also think the effort level that they showed for the most part in the game tonight is something that's going to help you overcome uh, a lot of the struggles and uh, and and the defense and the defense that they showed uh, at times can help you overcome some of those struggles. So uh, I think a lot of reasons to feel positive. I think there'll be some uh, some touch and go moments as you get through some of these where you're just going to have stretches where I just think they're going to struggle. Um, but interested to see them play again against better competition and kind of figure out how much of the you know makeup of where they're taking shots comes from. How much of that is a factor of who you're playing um and, and things like that but uh but no i think there's there's lots of reasons to be encouraged um but but reasons to think like there'll be some growing pains as we go and i think everybody thought that going in so i don't think that's going to surprise anybody uh i'm sure i will overreact in the moment just as i uh, it, despite my uh my advice to the contrary a minute ago but uh i i do think we'll we'll see some of that and do um, as i say not as i do absolutely absolutely but no some good early tests that i think become uh, they're going to be important for this team to to navigate and some tough competition, and so I think that's that's a good thing because that UConn game uh, is a is one that's going to ratchet things up pretty quickly in the fourth game of the season. But I think at least being able to be tested a little bit um, here early is is a good thing for this team. Well, we'll be back with you next Tuesday night uh, for a post game show as the season opener uh, occurs at Assembly Hall against Florida Gulf Coast. Uh, number 147 in Ken Palm to start the season. Uh, and Ken Palm predicts an 11-point win for your Indiana Hoosiers, so buckle up. You know, there's a likelihood that it's going to be uh, a closely contested game in, until late. Hopefully it's a, a little wider and they just score a few points to get to that 11 uh, backdoor cover or whatever you want to call it. Pat Chambers, who used to coach at Penn State, is the Florida Gulf Coast. Uh, and like I said, they beat USC on the road to start last year and have most of their guys back. Uh, so th- that's going to be a little bit tougher than a lot of people think. Uh, they they didn't close the season well last year. They ended up 17-15. and 15. The second half of their season, they kind of uh, lost some of their momentum after a good start. Um, and, but this is the highest they've been ranked uh, in Ken Palm uh, since 2018. Andy, do you know anything else you want to share about their personnel or, or anything? I haven't really – I looked at them about a couple weeks ago and have since forgotten everything, so – yeah, I, I did not really uh, – I haven't done a whole lot other than I know they're picked fairly high in the conference just as I've kind of looked through some things for bracketology purposes early in the season. I think with Chambers, you got a guy who, um, you know, IU fans will know well, has had some success, uh, a little bit of success there. As you mentioned, they fell off um, there. But uh, so, you know, well, I, like I said, I think it'll be a, a decent test. I think Chambers may have been at the helm. I don't know if he was for the one meltdown uh, that IU had. Uh, at home against Penn State that uh, that came up on one of the shows in the offseason of one that you wish never happened or he didn't do the show or something of that nature. So I feel like he was the coach then, uh, but I, I could be wrong about that. But he's at least uh, 
you know, a guy who is familiar with the environment, what he's walking into and can try to help prepare his team for it. But uh, other than that, I don't know a, a great deal about them from a personnel perspective. Just called up their roster. They have um, two seniors, a red shirt junior and two juniors in their starting lineup. All And most of those are, are coming back. Uh you know, three double-digit scorers and another one at nine, uh, 9.2, their center, 6'10", uh, Andre Weir. It looks like their leading scorer is a 6'1 guard named Isaiah Thompson, uh, number 11 when you tune in or are at the game. So they are they are going to be an athletic team that is going to be a, a real good test for the Indiana Hoosiers uh, coming up. Okay, fellas, it's time for um, our last call. You're listening to the Assembly Call uh, IU postgame show. Uh, before we get to that, remember to check out our friends at Homefield Apparel. Use the promo code HOME23 at checkout to get 15% off your first order. Uh, to sign up for the community, the, the email, all of that stuff is available for you to enjoy your Indiana Hoosiers. And um, a- Andy, let's start with you. Um, what's your last thought on this exhibition win over the Marion Knights? I think as you look at these exhibition games, you know, we talked before about what you want to see going into these. And, um, yeah, I, like I said, I, I think IU has shown a lot of positives, given the people a lot of reasons to get excited about the team, which uh, I think there have been other seasons we've walked into where it's like kind of drudge through the exhibitions. And it's like, uh, you know, you know, in the Archie Miller era, let's say, uh, became, you know, you're worried a little bit of like it was it was sometimes it was hard to get excited for the season. I think this team because of the athleticism, because of some of those things that we talked about uh, during the show, is going to be fun to watch. I don't know, as I said before, it's it, that, that you're not going to take some lumps at, at various times depending upon the opponent. Um, but I think this is a team I'm really looking forward to watch grow um, because I think there's a lot of talent there. There's a lot of um, defensive potential uh, for something that Woodson really wants to hang his hat on. Uh, from a program identity standpoint, I think there's lots of reasons to get excited about this team. Uh, I think we're going to have to bear with them through some through some different times, but uh, I think watching them in the exhibition season has only furthered my excitement for what the season is going to look like. Um, sure, somebody replay this for me after you know two game losing streak in the you know middle of January and Big Ten play, but um, but but I do think it's reinforced uh, some of the positives that we had for this team uh, coming in and uh, ultimately won. Uh, you know, that I'm that I'm excited to watch play out. And, and, I, and I think you'll see while Trey and X have kind of taken a backseat uh, to a certain extent as the captains, I think once the lights come on in the regular season, you'll see perhaps different versions of those guys who are a bit more aggressive on the offensive end and looking for their own shots just a little bit more. Uh, you don't want to totally turn the dial from what they're doing now to facilitate for other people. Um, but I do think I, I'm not worried about those guys at this point. Um and the, and the general lack of scoring that they've had. And, um, and then just to kind of circle it back to a little bit of the coach night stuff. I didn't, you know, I didn't mention this before. I think I actually saw somebody put it in the chat just, and I've seen other people talk about this too. And, and you talked about the kind of community and the, you know, family element, you know, I think, um, you know, again, as I kind of go back to thinking about my dad, like there were a lot of times he was not one to talk much on the phone and my mom was a lot more of the talker. And so you'd call home to see how everybody was doing and whatever. And, you wouldn't usually get a, an in-depth conversation with him too often, but I always knew that if I wanted to get him talking, we could talk about IU basketball and uh, what, the t- what the team looked like, what, uh, you know, what we'd seen from them. And that was, uh, 
I would say probably 85 to 90 percent of our typical uh, the time that we spent talking about anything on the phone was was probably IU basketball related as uh, as time went on. And so I think it's a good reminder as we talk about this, that like most of the fun of uh, of, of all this is being able to share it with people. Uh, and so something to probably keep in the back of our mind that there are probably more important things going on. Uh, but, uh, this is ultimately supposed to be fun and something that you can share with people that you love and, uh, and friends and things like that. And so, uh, probably a good note to begin the season on. And, uh, like I said, probably one that somebody will need to remind me of at some point in the season, but, uh, but oh, for now, we would it, never, it, it, we would reminder. never throw it in your face, Andy. I don't know. hundred percent, hundred percent. Shut up. Man. Stop texting about something that you're mad about and we're on uh, stuff, and do whatever. Man. But, uh, yeah, ultimately enjoy this for. Uh, for those kinds of things and those relationships, because uh, that stuff matters a whole lot more than whether they win or lose. Ryan. Guys, our next show will be actual basketball. Uh, not that these weren't actual basketball, but this these count. The new ones count. And uh, it feels like it's been a very long offseason, given all the turnover on the roster. I mean, it'll Quite for, I think every year I say this was our longest off season. I think I say that every year. And this year, I think it you may do. have been. A, it may, yeah, I, I do. Uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, people say I complain about things. I, I don't agree. Um, but uh, no, uh, the, but with all the turnover and all the recruiting stuff and all of that, this has been a really long one. I mean, the, the roster wasn't set until a while after uh, this last season ended. And I think that, you know, we've had so much speculation of what this team will look like. And it's been so hard to talk about because so many new guys, so many guys that haven't played together, and, and we're finally going to get results. We're going to have a result to measure on Tuesday. It'll be an early result, but it'll be a result. Um, I agree with these guys. I feel better today than I did after the first exhibition game, and um, I think this is a very deep, very talented, very athletic team. How well they play together, how well they do so many of the other things that lead to winning, uh, it will be, you know, they'll get the chance to prove it. And I think I think that's the best part of this is, when you head into a regular season, you don't know what's going to happen. And, and, and hope springs eternal for pretty much everybody in the country. And, and Indiana is certainly in that, in that, you know, on that list of teams where it's anything could happen with this team. And so I think the, the, the most beautiful part of all of this about college basketball, about sports in general is now it's just on those young men to prove it. it it's just, it's, it's up to them. How they do is up to them. They are as talented from a pure talent standpoint as pretty much anybody in the country. Uh, uh, as far as talent, they probably fit in that top 10, top 15, pure talent-wise. I mean, how many teams have two, two potential lottery picks? You know, it, it not many. Um, and now it's just on those young men to go out there and and execute and and play together and find you know joy in getting to do that. And so that's what makes me happy. That's why I love sports. That's why I love college basketball is – it's in their hands and and we can sit here and we're going to we're going to yell about it, gripe about it. Mostly I'll be yelling. These guys will be pretty calm. Um, but that's that's all on them, you know, and and I think that's awesome. And I think that's so cool. And those guys sitting in that locker room know the next time they take the floor, it's going to be a real game at Assembly Hall. And uh, that's pretty cool. Luckily, we got a whole weekend to think about that and get ready for it. Well, we'll see everybody on Tuesday. Thanks to over 300 people here joining us on a Friday night for an exhibition game. Uh, we will see you uh, again next Tuesday. Uh, but that's going to do it uh, for us this evening. If you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash assemblycall.com. 
And don't forget to go to join.assemblycall.com to join our free email newsletter. Special thanks to Bob Thompson for the music you hear on the show. Special thanks to John Ringer of RiggsDesign.com for designing our logo. And thank you for listening. We'll be back to talk IU Hoops again with you on Tuesday night. Take it from me, Jordan Halls. Keep your elbow in and your eyes on the rim. And go Hoosiers. All right, I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. Hey, the show's over. Here I come, Coach Tonsoni. You're going to have a busy night, Coach. I got to get up early, go down to Bloomington for a football game. So, so you better stay, stay upstairs. <laughs> no, we got breakfast burritos in the morning. We got hamburgers post game. I thought you gave up on tailgating. <laughs> in the big sense. It's just okay. – uh, my family and actually a teacher who's a Wisconsin season ticket holder, we generally go to all the IU Wisconsin games in the different uh, places. So That'll more be of a social I'm social thing. But anyway, I'm going to be sweating tonight. out. I'm going to be sweating out everything till about 4 p.m. Uh, 4 p.m. Pacific tomorrow. I it's a USC and Washington and quite a showdown. Uh, not expecting a good result for my Trojans, but mm-hmm. it'll be fun anyway. Two really good. That's it'll be some really fun quarterback play. I will enjoy that. Given your general Twitter commentary on the state of uh, USC's defense, uh, look for uh, it ain't take, good. Take, take the over on any Penix props that are out there tomorrow. Yeah, it, is that it the, ain't. Is I mean, well, the thing is, the the weird thing is that Washington has kind of been stumbling since they beat Oregon. I mean, it's still undefeated, but they haven't played as well as they should have, and so. I, I don't know what to expect, but USC is usually the defense you get healthy offenses get healthy against. And so um, and Lincoln Riley knows I his he's friends with the defensive coordinator. He's gone after this year. I think it's one of those things where firing in midseason doesn't really solve anything. And so because, you know, just be one of his assistants running the exact same scheme that's flawed. Um, but it should be a fire. I mean, that game should be fireworks. It should be really fun. Um, High scoring. And, Take the over. Yeah. What is yeah. It, 70, and, and, something 70 and a half or. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, you don't know. Washington hasn't been playing very well. USC, I, you know, the thing is, everyone's talking about Caleb Williams and like his numbers are actually better this year than last year. But it, the USC isn't winning as much, but they lost four fifths of their offensive line, their top running back and their top receiver. And so it's like he's really I feel bad for him that he couldn't go out last year. He probably would have if he could. He was only a sophomore. So uh, he's just well, unless he gets in. ownership. He's not going out this year. That is such a guard. Like, that is like, okay, the guy has an entire team of agents around him. Do you think they don't know that the NFL doesn't let you take an ownership stake? Like, there's so many dumb. Uh, yeah, it so definitely many didn't dumb, come like, from the big league, did it? No, and he's a smart kid. Do you think he really thinks he's getting team ownership as a rookie? No, there is something where he he and his dad is sorry, he's Andy. really he's really happy at USC. So if, you know, if the number one pick is going to be a team that, you know, is always bad and doesn't protect their quarterbacks, then maybe he would come back, but he's not, that's like a less than a half a percent chance. I mean, he's a smart kid and he's a good kid. And I don't like the people are, are, are are taking shots. Who brought brought that out anyway? I forget. I think it might've been Mike Florio. I, I don't remember, but like that, that was a report that came out in like June. And then they just recycled it a few weeks right. ago. There was nothing yeah. new. And when it came out in June, people actually around USC like asked him about it. He's like, I never said that. Like, what are you talking about? Like, he's like, that's not even allowed. Like, why would I say that? Um, so, yeah, I, you know, 
it's just I, uh, stuff like that angers me. I, I haven't talked to you. I went to the Notre Dame USC game up in South Bend, and that was uh, not a good night. Not for, not for you. Uh, it was but the fun. Tradition, it was the, fun. The band was there, and just seeing yeah. the uniforms and all of that. It, it you know it was from probably a really sports fun. fan. Yeah. It was um mm-hmm. it was a, a a good experience. No, I but, uh, I knew that was coming. I, I knew that they were not going to win that. Game. If that had been at home, I think it would have been a much better game. Uh, but I knew they were going to lose that game. So I was in Italy. I didn't even get up for it. I slept through it. I was just like, no. I think I woke up at like 7 a.m. and looked at my phone. I'm like, yeah, that's about what I expected and went back to bed. All uh, right, everybody. I'm you glad gotta, you got to go. I'm sure that's a, that's a yeah. fun game to go to. It, it's a, you know, it's a great atmosphere. And, I, you know, my wife. I've been is, to a couple Notre Dame games. Yeah, and I, she game. likes to go to these big events. And then my son, we're going to try to do a football or basketball event. Of, of something non-IU big, you know, to experience. So um, that's that's my new venture is to find – we went to Vegas last year. Couldn't make Go it to the New Coliseum York next year. year. Watch a Big Ten game at the Coliseum. You know, when you think uh, – It's Big in 10, the works you think, already. You think L.A. Memorial Coliseum when you think the Big Ten. So, uh, yeah. I mean, just – Well, IU plays at the Rose Bowl next year. They do. September 14th. Yep. So – Yep, they do. My my youngest son already. Well, that one. I, I'll tell you it, this: so. that you could get tickets for like a dollar for that because U.S. UCLA doesn't start school until like the end of September because they're on the quarter system. So nobody will be at that game. It will be completely <laughs> empty. Uh, you finally so, get to the Rose Bowl. Yeah, and it's there. There might be more It'll IU be. fans than yeah. UCLA fans at that one. It's, uh, yeah. All right, fellas, I mean, have a good when evening. Storied, when storied Big Ten rivals like that get together, I, yeah, yeah, what are you, you know, you, it, it's all, all bets such are tradition. <laughs> yeah. All right. Good night, everyone. Have, have, a great have a good weekend. All right. See you. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. Auto Trader.